Hey! Wake up! Happy Friday! Happy Funky Fresh Friday, Byron! No. Byron! Fine. It's not the first of the month. That's when you yeah, really get that's scared. That's when I really get scared. You thought I was going there, didn't you? <laughs> I did. That was sweet. Funky Fresh is a close second, though. Is it? You don't like that one? No. I'm sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not sorry. <laughs> uh, what's up, gentlemen? Let's jump in. Jeremy Clevin, Mike Sims in studio, Magic Man List still, Byron Filson's behind the glass. Way too lippy this morning, but <laughs> I think he needs, he needs another. Hey, hey, yeah. wake up. He loves that. I'm out of here. Bone Thugs, Byron, isn't that your era? A little before your time, old man. Uh, no, that's, that's my, that's my, that's, that's just, my wheelhouse. That's my wheelhouse. That's your genre. That's your wheelhouse, yeah, yeah, too, right? A little outside of the genre. That's definitely our era. For sure. Yeah, that's high school days, probably I think, like, right? Oh, yeah. So we were talking yesterday to kind of transition to today's that you are uh, somebody that has created multiple pillars, you know, of your business. We're never going to see you. Uh, well, I shouldn't say never. We do see you on the leaderboard. We have seen you on the leaderboard. Yeah. Um, you know, with 1,300 agents uh, now that we have, you know, with, with my home group to make the top 25 is no small feat, right? It's no joke. It's no joke, right? You so, got, you um, got but you have, been, you have been on the leaderboard several times. So I take that back. But um, I, I, you know, I mean this with the most respect possible because you're doing it in a lot of different ways. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you're not, you know, normally maybe going to see you on that list right. at the same time. Kind of by um, design. You yeah, know, by design. Uh, you're running you're running essentially, you know, running multiple different businesses. So I guess the question begs is what exactly would you say you do here? <laughs> <laughs> That's always fun at dinner. You know? Right? Like, what do you do? I'm like, what well, exactly do you do? How much time do you got? Yeah. Uh, yeah, we got a couple minutes, you know. Well, to be clear, when I first started out, that's I was did classic traditional real estate. No. I was in the Bay Area and I started uh I actually worked at a title company. And the way we used to, one of the things we used to do, especially with people who didn't use us that would get, you know, be involved in a transaction, they got a paid commission, the title company would cut the check to directly to the agent with the broker piece, whatever. And I'd bring them the check. And so occasionally those, ta- just, those things were just taped shut, right? And I'd take a peek and I'm like, wow, I need to do that. Yeah. <laughs> right? And those were, you know, that was the average sales price of 900000 or whatever it was at the time. So I got into to real estate. Um, Partly through the grace of my wife, I was live. This is before we were married. We were sharing a. We lived in San Mateo, and we were sharing an apartment. And I was working, and then I told her, I said, I, th- I want to go get a license, but I, I got to tell you, this might mean I might not make money for I don't know six months. So do you mind just me freeload off you for? And she said yes, which is a good sign, and it worked out. But um, didn't work. It didn't happen that I didn't make. I ended up make doing really like that was like that first. I think I probably sold five or six homes in the first couple of months. Wow. Just through my sphere. And then uh, that first year was pretty big and it was, you know, it was fun. Not everybody gets that lucky. That's for sure. No. And I had a pretty, you know, I had a network. It was in my, it was in my hometown. And yeah. I knew, you know, a lot of people of, of that age where they were just starting to buy homes. So there was, uh, there's always some fortune. And, and I shouldn't and say lucky. Some, I mean, that's, no, that's I, your no, sphere. That's your database. Hey, man, I have no for, problem. Fortunate. Yeah yeah yeah. 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 No, there's a, generally when you see things like that happen, there's an element of timing that, yeah. that, that works out. And I don't know that it wasn't, wasn't deliberate on my part either. I kind of knew, but you've also made it happen, you know, from, yeah. from there. Well, it's one thing to have a sphere, you know, it's one thing, you know, people like to dog various peoples in our, in public figures in our world right now for they inherited their money or they were given their money. But you know, if, yeah, exactly. You know, and I, and I'm not one way or the other. I hate it all to be honest with you, but 
I always come back to, you know, if someone's gifted a million dollars and they turn it into a billion, eh, I think they're doing something right. Sure. You, you, you know what I'm saying? Well, and that's evidenced by pro athletes, like what they do with when they get all this money. Broke. Like, broke, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And then like lottery winners, People you know, whatever. Broke. Broke. Yeah. Broke. So it's, they don't have any context, right? Right. So you right. Get, you, if you make money without context, it's really hard to hang on to it. So I actually give a lot of credit um, to, I have several friends who have, who have legacy type businesses where their, their parents maybe started it. And for them to take that, not only um, sustain it, but then turn around and grow it, double, triple, whatever. That's like in a weird way, harder in some ways, because, yeah, because it'd be way easier just to turn into a mutt and just sit around and, and ruin it. Cause that happens all the time too. Like usually wealth disintegrates generationally. You right. Know? Right. So, um, what you were saying in, in that element of timing or whatever, like that, that exists everywhere. Like Bill Gates is born in 1600. He's not Bill Gates. Right. I mean, right. there's like, there's, yeah. <laughs> there's like this all just it plays out. But in my case, um, you know, when the real estate downturn hit was really, uh, where I hit the gas with trustee sales and, um, there's elements of being the right guy, having the right, you know, I was, I was ready for it. Um, I was willing to take a lot of risk. That's uh, definitely in my DNA. <laughs> so, um, and that can get me in trouble, but it also works out sometimes. And in the case of uh, trustee sale, like I went from really not knowing even what that was to, to buying my first property in an area called Silverton in the Northwest Valley. And then all of a sudden I had five. And I had no, I, I didn't even really mechanically know. I mean, I was just out there and I was just like, this is so good. I got to like hit the gas because you know, my background's in economics. It's like, fools are going to rush in. This is going to, I told my crew at that time, and this is, oh, maybe middle of 08. I said, we got to like burn through these because this window's going to close fast. Nothing in my life that's this good lasts this long. And that was 10 years ago. So it's, <laughs> and it's obviously changed and there's been like lots of different ways that that's yeah. looked over the last that, decade. That window lasted actually real well for what, four or five years. Yeah. The, the yeah, and it's still real, good. Yeah. yeah I yeah. mean, trustee sales. Well, of course are, yeah, not the trustee sales, but right. Yeah. Right. There's not, you know, when there's, it's weird what you root for, but there's no, there's right. no distress in the marketplace. Right. right? So right. that's, well, there's some, I guess, but um, it just looks a lot different. So, you know, I mean, I was, I was ready for that to come up. Um, I wasn't expecting it. I wasn't planning on it. I wasn't trained for it, but at the same time I had eyes to see it. Right. So, um, you know, I, and I've even had people comment like, wow, that was kind of like intimating that it was lucky. Like not, not in the way that you said it, but kind of like, wow, I was really fortunate that that happened. It's like, you were there too, dude. Right. Like, where right. were you? Exactly. <laughs> Everybody was there. Exactly. I wasn't like on an Island where there right. was foreclosures happening. This yep. is a pretty big County. Everybody was there. Um, so I don't know that everybody was p positioned mentally for it, um, exactly. but they were physically there, you know? So I don't know that I got lucky with, with that piece, but, but they're, you know, it you actually the happening. Yeah. Timing is important. You had the wherewithal, you were in a good, strong position. And like you said, you took the risk and a lot of people are scared to take that risk. You know, even if they are in a good financial position, even if it does come down again, and they you may know. not have the support system. Like I said, I mean, I, right. I, I don't want this to turn into like me glorifying my wife all the time, but not everybody's spouse is going to be into doing, allowing something like that or even wanting well, to I be think involved. It's important. It I is. think it's important. I mean, for the, for the folks out there that are married, well, it's too late. I'm sorry. Right, right. <laughs> but I mean, you that know, for the has officially closed now, <laughs> you know, unless you want, you know, yeah, we don't want to go there, but, um, <laughs> you know, but for the folks out there that are single, I mean, it's something to think about in your life. Yeah. You know, when you're choosing that partner, it's an important thing. Thing. I wish somebody would have sat me down when I was 18, 20, whatever years old and be like, 
you know, these are the things that you should be thinking about. Yeah. You know, it's one thing to be, you know, attracted and you have fun and you're whatever, like, but you know, but that's like normal, but that's the like normal that's thing. Right. Yeah. That's just how it goes. Right. I mean, that's the natural, you know, process, but you know, thinking about these things and vetting that process, like, because again, we're in an industry, an industry that it's not your standard nine to five. No, man, you're consistent. like every deal you're, you've got, yeah. it's zero or potentially a lot. Right. And not everybody can handle that. And it's okay. Yep. Right. And so, and, and you're going to find out pretty quick if you can, like, cause you're going through a deal and like the deal blows up, you lose a client or whatever. Like the stakes are, can be pretty high, you know? No and so it. you have to have a certain um, metal, you know, yep. or a certain, uh, I think there's like, I, I want to call it a, a little bit of a gambler mindset where you're willing to just kind of go, it's, it's all or nothing. Definitely. You know? Over and over. Over and over and over. <laughs> so you got into the, you got into the trustee sale. So you're acquiring yep. these properties. Are you sell? are you, Fix them, so flip I, them, I, buy yeah. them, holding them. Uh, so I start. So what I did is I I was going along, plugging along, like and as as my asset ba base grew, I was just able to do more and more, and they just kept, you know, as you know, like it was, they just kept coming out, and there's there's, there's such a there's so many of them that there was a lot of mispricing. There wasn't a lot of competition on the buy side. It was just a different time. But I started trying to think. I'm like, okay, well, what? When does this end? So it either never ends, which that that's never true. <laughs> I just told my kids last night, I said, you can never say never. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> but uh, so it, it'll end when there's no distress. So what's the the natural hedge to that is to keep a couple, right? So like that's when there's no distress, when prices improve. So I started accumulating rentals, mostly just because I was like, well, either I can continue to do this and this is awesome. Like I love, I love that day. Like it's, it's, there's a lot of mundane stuff. Flipping is totally like made to be more sexy than it might be. It's very mundane and it's, it's a grind, but I like that. I, like you were talking about uh, a couple days ago about, you just got to find what works for you. That works for me. Um, so, and I kind of like the stress. I kind of like the gambling component. I like betting on myself continuously. I'm, I always say I'm like playing cards with a stacked deck. You know, I've, I have really good information. I think you can see things and you can make really smart decisions. But um, so I started accumulating rentals mostly as a hedge, but also because I, you know, and I also knew that over time this just plays out and the, the market kind of starts stabilizing and, and improves, you know, because it, it kind of always has. And so, um, did you look at that as a, like, is it a, is a business in and of itself? Yep. It's a like separate it's an investment LLC. in a forward yeah. thinking, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to acquire doors. I'm going to, I'm, this is going to be my financial future yep. or the security against that. So like rewinding, even, uh, I was talking at one point about, I had this college professor who I really loved, this guy named Lawrence Shepard. He was just a cool dude. He taught all these electives at, at Davis and he taught, uh, investments, real estate economics and, um, personal finance. And he was a guy who, who taught there, but he donated his check back because he had all these apartment buildings in UC, at UC Davis where he rented them out to the students. He, the guy was doing really well. And I remember sitting there going, the goal isn't to have a huge number necessarily. The goal is to have a consistent big flow. <laughs> I mean, and maybe one means the other, but not, not necessarily, right? So if you're like, to me, I was like, okay, well, if I can create a passive income stream that looks like true freedom to me. If I can absolutely like imagine like, and I, and I used to say, I'm like, I want to create a scenario where I don't have to get out of bed in the morning and all my bills are paid. And what's weird is that once you get to that point, it's kind of an, it's kind of an odd feeling. Cause you're like, well, what does that, you know, what does that look like? But um, you start creating other opportunities for yourself. So 
Um, yeah, so I started accumulating doors for two, for two reasons. One, because it was a hedge against what I was doing that I really liked. And like this, this at some point ends and the way it ending looks is that real estate values have increased. So I'll make some money on these things as they go up in value, but also I can accumulate, you know, I can start creating cash flow. And at the time, like the, the asset prices were so cheap, you can create like outsized returns right. just on rentals. Right. I mean, you're in the how many doors do you have? That, how many doors do you have today? So right now it's somewhere in the fifties. Okay. Um, I don't know that I'll, I, I, I honestly, well, I, it's a real estate podcast. I, I've kind of been thinking there's a nice off ramp right now for some of them. I do like the cash flow, but it's weird. I like, I've always measured everything. Like everyone talks about ROI. I look really look at ROE, uh, return on equity, right. And these things have gone up in value so much. Like I, I got to look at the way I started analyzing, like, would I buy these today? And if I'm not a buyer, I'm either a holder right? Or a seller, right? And so I'm starting to kind of look at it. I'm not, there's no doom and gloom in my forecast, but I'm kind of going, well, maybe I start taking a few chips off the table. Well, you know, the thing, other thing too, and I've, this has been kind of ingrained with me, you know, I have a, you know, uncle that I talk to a lot about is like one of my mentors, you know, um, that I go to for business. And one of the things he's always said to me is that, you know, it's okay for the next guy to make money too. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like you're never going to, you stop stressing out about buying at the lowest point because it's rare that it's going to happen. Yeah. Stop stressing about trying to sell at the highest point because it's rarely going to happen. That's right. You know, get your skin out of the game and leave, leave a little meat on the bone for the next guy. It's totally, okay man. that the next guy comes in or a gal comes in and makes a little money on the same deal. That's right. Well, and you like, know. think about, let's put that into play. So now let's say uh, a single family house and eight, five, three, oh, four Glendale is 80 grand. Let's just say, and now it runs up to a hundred. Oh, I missed it. No, right now it's worth two hundred. Right, right. So you don't you don't want to buy. It. So you, yeah. and, and same thing on the other way. You go. Oh well, it was once two forty. Now it's two twenty. And I know this is what you're saying. I'm just thinking about this in practice. Right. You can make a lot of mistakes. Going. Oh, I'm just going to wait till it gets up above that two forty number. I see guys hang on to investments far far too long or far too short because of. Uh, just kind of like, it's even, even with respect to selling rentals, like the question I get when I've talked to a few people that I like is like, well, what are you going to do with the money? I'm like, I don't, I don't, I honestly don't, I don't have another place to deploy it today, but that's a bad reason for me to continue in, in an investment. I love you your, know, cause I'll, I'll figure it out. Yeah. You know, I, mean, I love figure. that. I love that, uh, you know, way, way of thinking that you have is, you know, would I buy this today? Yeah. You know? And so like you look at it and I'm like, in some of them, maybe. Probably not. Some of them, you know, some of them definitely know. <laughs> I'll be honest, you know. Yeah, well, yeah. Both because the, the tenant pool attracts. I mean, mostly I think uh, most of my tenants are, I, you know, it's weird because I actually manage them all myself, which sounds like to, it sounds like a nightmare to most people, but it's, it's not that hard. It's really not. I mean, uh, there are times where it is, you know, the, especially in the summer when you get the call that somebody's melting or whatever, you know, I mean, you just do the best you can, but you deal with it. You know, you have a, that's like, we're talking about pillars and systems and just have a system and, and it rolls off pretty quick and you get an AC tech out there and it's all you it's can do. Thing, Most I mean, people understand they're in the real world. I mean, some tenants don't, some, they, they don't act like they're in the real world. Like you're somehow like destroying them personally or right, something. It's right. like, you know, my AC goes out too. Right. It happens. happens. I mean, yeah, it's part of the deal. I mean, but it's a, it's a income source for you. I mean, you are collecting and, and, and making income, you know, on a, on a regular basis. Yep. So the majority of the time when the first of the month comes around and you're still in bed, you're still making the the money. That was the idea. That's the goal, right? You know, but you don't really want to things be in come bed. up, <laughs> things happen. Well, yeah, you don't necessarily want to be well. in bed, but <laughs> you know, but I mean, obviously things come up, but I mean, if you were to dial back, you know, how much time 
you know, you're spending and, you know, essentially the return on your time talking mm-hmm. about ROE, the, you know, return on equity. I love that. Um, you know, return on time. Yep. The time that you spend on those on a, on a monthly basis versus the income that it brings in for you. It's totally worth it. Totally worth totally it. Totally At least it. I could imagine that it's worth it. it. It's just weird because it's always like the, the problems. It, it, once you get used to it and you learn how to metabolize these problems, I'll use that word. I don't know. Once you learn how to kind of process the problems, they become less stressful. But they're, they're a lot of times they're emotionally driven, right? For whatever reason, because it's never, it's, it's like always, well, I shouldn't say always, but it's, it's plumbing. So it's the things that there's like, so, you know, it's, it can be a little chaotic and it's impacting their ability to get hot water or cool air or whatever. And uh, so it's a little bit emotionally driven at times and that can be a little stressful, but it, but the realistically, if you look at it in a strict time basis, very little time, I don't do any of the work myself. So it's me. I get a phone call, I make a phone call and it's done. You've created a business with it. That's it. You know, yeah. and, and I love diversifying against the traditional sales business you know, there's a lot of other industries and a lot of other, um, you know, ways to make money um, that circulate this industry or, or, you know, that are surround this industry, you know, so to speak of that traditional sales, um, you know, business. How can we, um, you know, oper or, or, you know, look at those opportunities and capitalize on, on those other opportunities, on the other ancillary businesses or on the other income that could potentially be coming in from, from various things. And they say, you know, I don't know who they are, but I hear them say <laughs> people are that, saying, <laughs> yeah, people out there. I don't know who they are, but they sure are saying that you know, uh, the majority of what is it, millionaires, billionaires, inc- whatever it is that you know, it, it's the 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 true wealth is made through real real estate. Yeah, and acquiring doors, acqui- acquiring rentals. I mean, clearly you're on on the right path, doing the right thing. I mean, it's it's awesome, you know, to to watch that. I think you especially know. if you look at the fat part of the bell curve on the yeah. wealth, right? Like if you go into the the B range, those, there's all kinds of different stuff in there, Facebook and I want to get Waltons into next week all, that, all yeah. these things. I want to yeah. get into how we're managing your time in terms of, you know, the differentiation between, you know, your sales business, um, you know, the other businesses that you're into, uh, you know, your investment business. How do you divvy up that time? How do you systematize everything? And how do you make it all flow? So, and you're talking about the days I do get out of bed. Yes, okay. exactly. Right. Exactly. The days you stay in bed, we don't want to know about what's going on there. <laughs> so guys, hope you had a great week. Hope you're ready to rock this weekend out with some open houses, get your prospecting on, get that buyer pool full. Tis the season. It's nice, right? People are out flowing around town. We've got the open coming. We've got the Super Bowl coming. Lots of people coming in town. So, On that note, guys, have a great day, great weekend. Talk to you next week. See you, Byron. Love you. I love you, bro.